right, here we go. Episode two of the Getting Over Wrestling Pod with Jake and Jeff. Uh, thank you for listening to the first one. If you haven't, you can go back onto Spotify and check it out. Search uh, Getting Over Wrestling Pod. Uh, you can find us on um, Facebook uh, at Getting Over Wrestling Pod, no spaces. Uh, you can find us on Instagram uh, at Getting Over Wrestling Pod. I believe there might be some spaces. I'll have to put that in the link, uh, put a link to that at the bottom, uh, or I'm sorry, at the uh, uh, description of the episode or something like that. Um, how you doing today, Jeff? Uh, pretty good. Remind me never to let you wake me up this early in the morning again. <laughs> it was completely your idea. Yeah, it's also like 11 a.m., and that's just not okay. <laughs> he, he asked about doing it at 10 a.m. this morning, but... Regret? <laughs> obviously, that would have been worse. <laughs> I don't even think I've seen him awake before noon. It's weird. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, but yeah, awesome. So, uh, got a lot of listeners on that first one, you know. Um, uh, I think yeah. we got some good feedback. Uh, did you hear any feedback about it? Uh, a bit. People like the kind of casual... Uh back and forth we've got the kind of dichotomy of someone super experienced someone that's you know not yeah uh, yeah seems to be pretty good i'm pretty happy with it so far but you know your shit so that's good (laughs) yeah i know the words (laughs) i know what you're talking about to an extent but yeah no awesome for sure i mean yeah it's been uh it's been fun this first one so i'm excited to get into this uh the second episode here and um yeah just keep putting over some wrestling you know hopefully get some get some new eyes on the product and stuff like that. So, uh, so Jeff, what have you been watching this week? Uh, well, let's see. This week I watched Raw. That was a great show. Dynamite, great show as always. They were, I'd say, both equally good this week. Mm-hmm. Uh, Raw really stepped up from last week, which I didn't even watch once I heard about the whole dog food thing. Yeah. <laughs> um, I tried watching NXT and... Did not get past the Candice and uh, whoever she was against match. <laughs> oh, so you... Wait, was that this week? Yeah, yeah. I think so. I think that was last week, bud. Was that last week? Yeah, because this week I don't think Candice Lee Ray had a match. This week it, it opened... NXT opened this week with uh, Roderick Strong calling out the dream. Yeah, I saw that. Okay, and then... And then... And then, um, what's his name? Bronson Reed, that big bastard. Yeah, they came out and had a bit of a match. <laughs> yeah, yeah, came out. Dude. What do you think of Bronson Reed, I guess? Um, you know, he's pretty good. Uh, I like him. I just don't really know enough about him yet. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, but he's big. He moves well. And that's something a lot of big people sometimes have issues with. But and it's I, always one of the favorites when they can pull it off. Yeah, for sure. No, I really like this trend of... Uh, big dudes coming in that can like fly all over the place you know like like Keith Lee obviously but um yeah no Bronson Reed I I mean I've caught a little bit of his stuff on NXT UK I don't really follow that show too much um do try to watch it now and again but this yeah I mean this is this seems promising putting him in in the ring with a guy like Roderick Strong I mean Roddy Strong is just phenomenal you know so it's great to see that uh, yeah. They feel and comfortable putting him in that position. It fit into the story too with um, last week, you know, mm-hmm. dropping him and everything. They're on the hunt for Champa. Yeah, yeah, no, for sure. And then like, so then uh, during that Roderick Strong uh, call out thing or whatever, I, 
fuck, uh, fucking Velveteen Dream comes out, or I guess comes on the screen or whatever with the <laughs> with the trunks of Marina Schaefer and uh, their kid on, <laughs> yeah. on his, on his uh, tights. That was I, awesome. I don't know how I feel about that angle yet. It's good so far, but they have to be careful not to send it into Rusev territory. Yeah, right. <laughs> Sorry, I shouldn't say Rusev territory. Lana territory. Yeah, Lana territory. <laughs> uh but yeah i mean it's it's an interesting move uh i i feel like i have been noticing a little bit over nxt over the past couple of weeks them kind of introducing more realistic personal stories like this one yeah you know definitely. um which a, to an extent is going to be good uh give a little more you know character building to some of these wrestlers but just like you said, you know, that that possibility of it coming back and being some sort of uh, Lana and Rusev thing on just another show. I, I don't I don't I hope that's not where it's going, at least. Uh, let's see. But yeah, I uh, just checked Cancelor Ray versus Dakota Kai was the second match of the night. Oh, maybe I just completely skipped that. <laughs> uh, probably the best. That's like the match was going really well. The reason I couldn't, you know, get through it was entirely because of Morrow's commentary. <laughs> he just threw like three random pop culture references in yeah. for no reason in a row, and I just couldn't handle it. <laughs> I, I, the only one I remember was something like, uh, "We've got more drama than a housewives reunion." Oh God! No, I completely missed that. I, what are you watching? Are you watching on the uh, um, Hulu? Or are you watching on the network? Or that was what? on Hulu. Okay, because that's where I watched it too, um, and maybe I just got distracted maybe. by by the uh, by the the bro trip stuff. <laughs> yeah, that was good. <laughs> I, whoever's writing the bro trip things, it, it, I think it's Tommy Chong, honestly, from Cheech and Chong. Because <laughs> that first one where they're just driving around or whatever, and then the the cops like pull him over or whatever and then matt rill's like okay cool be cool bud be cool like i got this bro you know like let me do all the talking and then it does that like the switch the quick yep. screen change where it's like kind of smoky and the car is getting like towed away yeah and I'm, i was sitting there for a second like are they really playing off the weed stuff from matt riddle <laughs> and then uh and then he looks at pete dunn and he's like how come you didn't tell me you didn't have a license like <laughs> well you don't either <laughs> yeah oh my god the dynamic is great i'm actually really oh, yeah. excited for this uh this bro trip stuff like it was just a random tag team that threw together two random people, and it just works so well. <laughs> it's, it's fucking funny. And they're complete opposites personality-wise. They yeah. should not work together. Yeah, no. And it was funny because I was texting you as I was watching it when that yeah. first popped up. You know, I was like, oh, my God, I need this on everything. And then, you know, and then the next match came on. It was uh, Gargano and Grimes, I guess. Uh, Gargano is fucking cool. Uh, Cameron Grimes. I, I, I'm really not sold on him other than that. Uh, collision, what is it? Collision thing that he does, that yeah. flip thing where he catches them and like flips them. That was cool. I heard the rest of the matches were real good. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it was I just a... couldn't get to them. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I would say I would say go back and watch a little bit. I I, I know Candice, uh, or I know you know, like you were Morrow. saying, Morrow was kind of ruining it for you, but I, it was a good, it was a really good episode. I think. Yeah. Yeah. I heard great things about the Angel Garza match. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, for sure. That was okay, too. Um, what else did I have? Like, I was there an Angel Gar? How long is it on your Hulu? Because mine was like an hour and a half. Yeah, yeah. About an hour and a half or so after you cut up commercials and all that. 
That's insane. I wasn't even drinking. I don't know how I missed that. Yeah, it was. Uh, I heard it was like Angel Garza versus. Uh, man, I don't even remember his name. Um, he has some relation to uh, Keith Lee. I was just watching some recap of it last huh. night. No, I. Shit, I don't even know. I missed it. <laughs> I was gonna. I, I was gonna say though. But just jumping real quick back to that uh, Gargano and Cameron Grimes match. The did there was this spot in there where um, Gargano throws a DDT on Cameron Grimes, and it was scary looking. Like yeah. it, it looked like his head just went directly into the mat. Like I, I imagined just in my head, like that slinky thing of like the spine going down, like, yeah. <laughs> you know, when he hits it, it was, it was scary looking, but I don't know. It was, it was a cool match, I guess. And then the, uh, and the bro trip went on again <laughs> and then yeah. I was like, yes, this is awesome. Why isn't this like, why isn't this just the whole episode? Put it on every show, put it on SmackDown and raw too, you know, it's so much better than just throwing them into random matches in the lead up to the, uh, takeover portland this weekend oh yeah for sure um speaking of takeover portland who do you uh what match are you looking forward to the most in that Hmm. if i'm remembering correctly there's going to be a match of bianca belair versus rhea ripley yes looking forward to that one Mostly because I just want to see Rhea Ripley beat up Bianca Belair. Oh, dude, I've been marking out for Bianca Belair. Again, Morrow's just kind of ruined Bianca for me, too. <laughs> what is this thing against Morrow that you have? He I just <laughs> says the stupidest things. Like the So when I was getting back into NXT, it was uh, War Games right before Survivor mm-hmm. Series. Yeah. And Bianca Belair was in War Games. Mm-hmm. And as she comes out, I'm like, okay, what's like she's got long hair, okay, kind of like getting used to it. She's got like EST in her hair. I don't know what that means, but then as she's in the match at one point, Morrow yells out, uh, "The EST of NXT is LIT," and I'm like, <laughs> okay, I just can't get behind this character anymore. Okay, so the the EST thing, if you haven't like. If it doesn't make sense, what what it is is she's the greatest, she's the toughest, she's the baddest. <laughs> oh, so okay, so that's the whole thing. She's the EST. She's just the est of everything, right? They make a little more lamest. sense now, right? And lamest apparently, yeah. <laughs> but I, dude, the way watching that chick gorilla press. She People, is impressive in the ring. I'll give her that. Yeah, and she's like, she's got traps for days. Like those yeah. shoulders are fucking massive, <laughs> you know. But I, I like Bianca Belair. I'm, I'm excited for that. I, I don't want her to beat Rhea Ripley, but I know this match and the buildup that they've been doing to it, it's gonna be awesome. It's gonna be a good match. Well, something I'm looking forward to more long term in WWE is I'm pretty sure they're building up NXT as its own full brand right now. Yeah. And I think that the crossovers we have between NXT and Raw the last few weeks have been really doing that mm-hmm. with Rhea Ripley get trying to get Charlotte to challenge her for the NXT title. Yeah. And then this weekend, Shayna Baszler coming out and brutally assaulting Becky Lynch. <laughs> oh, and I, by the way, Becky Lynch is a badass. Becky Lynch is a badass, but so is Shayna Baszler. Yeah. I mean, um, I was really surprised that she came out and just like, fucking bitter in the back of the neck yeah. like that so was brutal there's two ways i think this could go if they're building up anxious its own brand mm-hmm. it's going to end up in a lot of crossover matches 
um, which we've even seen with Angel Garza on NXT this week. Yeah, because he's been, uh, I think, I don't know if it was this week or last week, but uh, when um, Zelina Vega came out with Angel Garza and uh, was doing the shit with Humberto Carlio or whatever. Uh, Humberto Carrillo. Humberto, yeah, yeah. Uh, did you know that they're actual cousins? I did not. <laughs> yeah, they're actual cousins, and I, I guess... Uh, uh, I want to say one of them got, I think it was uh, Humberto got um, Angel Garza signed because of like like just their relation. That's and pretty cool. He was talking them up and stuff. And, you know, they're obviously trying to build uh, build their, you know, Mexican fan base up a yeah. little bit. They've got a lot of great superstars in there, um, one of which is out right now with, <laughs> you know, suspension. But um, now, but, not going into it too much. Just not get sidetracked too much. Yeah. What do you think the odds are that WWE could introduce some kind of Mexican championship? Um, Maybe they do. I don't know. Yeah, that'd, that'd be, be a pretty cool build up to it if I, they really want to build that relation up. Yeah, for sure. And I mean, like, with, they need to run shows in Mexico feel to really pull that off. They though. do. Yeah, I know. Right. But I, I feel like I've, I've heard a lot more, you know, obviously they're building, trying to build that fan base uh, for the Mexican wrestlers and stuff like that too. But I've heard a lot of rumors going around about them trying to get some sort of Japanese show. Right. Yeah. Um, which I think would be cool. Um, oh man, New Japan moving over to the U.S. and WWE moving over to Japan. Well, New Japan, yeah. They came over and did a bunch of American shows. So, I mean, it only makes sense as to why WWE would want to do that, you yeah. know? And New Japan uh, has a United States championship. Yeah, exactly. So, um, I don't know. Would it be cool if they had, like, some sort of Mexican or Japanese championship? Yeah, I think so, but... I think they have too many championships in WWE. As yeah, I could agree with that. There's like, uh, there, you know, there's the the top card stuff. You know, the the big guys uh, uh, championship. There's the mid card. There's the women's. There's uh, tag team. There's you know, yeah, a, a third you know belt for every other show too. You know, <laughs> like, um, I I don't know that they need another belt, but. Uh, Fuck it. Put some Mexican wrestlers or some Japanese wrestlers in on that, like, intercontinental or yeah. e- even the U.S., you know, like, with um, with uh, uh, um, Andrade with the, the United States title. I think that's a nice big step, a nice cool step, especially if they're going to be working with Humberto or Humberto and uh, – yeah. Angel Gazar Garza. I, I, I'm Mexican. I'm Mexican, and I can't even say these names correctly. <laughs> I was kind of upset when you said uh, Humberto's name better than I did. I was like, "Fuck!" I called him Hamberto. <laughs> but um, but yeah. Anyway, um, yeah. So two ways they could go with the NXT Raw crossovers. One would be reinforcing the buildup of NXT as its own third full brand, rather than just developmental. Mm. Which, if Charlotte does challenge Becky for the NXT Championship, that would be a big deal for that. Mm. It would be giving NXT the same level of validity as Raw and SmackDown. Yeah. The other way they could be going with it is starting up some feud between Rhea Ripley and Shayna Baszler, where because they've both been crossing over into Raw, maybe around the time of WrestleMania or a little bit after WrestleMania, they have some kind of uh, match where... Winner gets to move up to Raw, and the loser stays in NXT. Yeah. That could be a pretty interesting angle to make it more of a competitive thing on who moves up and who doesn't. 
Ooh, especially if they turn it into like a thing where they don't want to move up to the main roster, right? Yeah, the, yeah. The winner gets to move up, but nobody, neither of them really want to move up. That'd be cool. <laughs> I, I think she wants to move up. I think so too. Like, I think, uh, as far as work goes, both of them will want to move up. Yeah. I don't think Rhea Ripley actually does want to, so she'd mm-hmm. probably lose that match to stay behind. Yeah. Uh, I feel like she just works way too well in NXT, whereas Shayna Baszler has more of that aggression, brutality, and she's got some star power yeah, behind her. You know, exactly. I, whereas like Rhea Ripley. She will be in the shadow of a lot of those huge, uh, those big women in exactly. there. You know what I mean? Like, but yeah. Shayna Baszler fit right in with the Becky Lynch, and well, if she ever comes back, um, that Emma Mager lady that was joined. Oh, Ronda Rousey. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I see. I and that's what I'm excited for. I I thought it would be this year, but it looks like it's not going to be this year. Um, when we get that four horsemen of wrestling versus four horsemen of MMA, yeah, that would be insane. Like I'm still waiting for that match, and I think that's what Ronda Rousey's waiting for. Which this could be the start of it with Shayna Baszler moving coming around. Over. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then, you know, then we get the Maria Shafar and then, uh, what was the other one's name? Her name's like Jessica or no, it's not Jessica. It's like, ah, shit. I can't even remember, but it's like some weird version Mm -hmm. of like Jessica, but like Jessamine, Jessamine Duke. That's (laughs) her name. Yeah. There we go. Never heard of her. Yeah. She's the other one that she's like her and Marina Shafar, like the tag team MMA girls. Yeah. Uh, and then. You know, they got Shayna Baszler, who was in MMA with them, um, and then Ronda Rousey, of course. So um, I think that match would be sick. And that's, you know, it sucks that it's not going to happen this year, but I think they have a lot of opportunity to get to that later on down the road, maybe even next WrestleMania. Yeah, definitely. Um, so, so that's Rhea Ripley and Bianca Blair for the women's championship tomorrow night. Yeah, I'm pretty excited for that match. Uh, personally, I'm really looking forward to this uh, Johnny Gargano and Finn Balor match. Ooh, I hadn't really considered that one. Yeah, that's that's gonna be insane. Like just those two together and the way they work with everybody else. Yeah. this is gonna be that's gonna be a barn rare. Like I, I think that that might be. Well, when do we get Champa versus? Cole. that's tomorrow night as well oh man yeah yeah there's gonna be a stack takeover oh yeah did you see the the, the vignette from champa last night no i heard a bit about it and then like really went back to his more chaotic roots yeah so like it it, it opens up with him in like a boardroom right yeah. like all this stuff and then there's like the video playing up on the screen of when he fucked up his neck and he lost he had to relinquish the title yeah so it's him giving that title to triple h right and this is like all shoot stuff like this isn't even story they they had to give that yeah, yeah. up right and so he's in that boardroom he's handing the title over to triple h he's getting all choked up obviously because that's, that's his, his dream goalie. you know yeah exactly yeah exactly it's his, it's his baby, you mm-hmm. know? Yeah, yeah. So he goes into, you know, like, basically just talking really, really vividly and really, like, detailed about how how he's been working so hard and how that never, sh- you know, he never should have lost that title and how, how much of a setback that that neck injury was and all of this. Yeah. And then he, like... He's like walking around, like freaking out, right? And then he like stops and like slams his hands on the table, and then like looks directly into the camera. He's like, "Look into my eyes, Cole." And it's just like, and it's it's scary. It's like, oh 
fuck, he wants to kill Adam Cole. (laughs) (laughs) Only for the sole fact that he has that title from him, you know, and he didn't lose that title. So um, that really, like, you know, I was looking forward to the match. I thought it was going to be a good match anyway, but that really really helped boost it up. Um, And then at the end of NXT last night, too, he, uh, when I watched it last night, he came out after Adam Cole's match against Kushida, Um, and they basically did, you know, the face to face title up and everything. And then they had the screen, uh, the cameraman was like right in front of them. And he said something to the effect of like, I'm going to end you. And he's like, uh, Adam Cole's like holding it. He's just like over my dead body. And it was just like, I think that's the objective. Yeah. Yeah. But I mean, like it, (laughs) it, the way that they said it, it didn't sound like it didn't sound cheesy. It yeah. sounded like, oh, fuck, these guys are going to kill each other. <laughs> you know what I mean? It it added to the Ooh. drama of that. But, um, but yeah, Gargano and Finn Balor. Um, I think I said it on the last one. Finn Balor is one of my favorite wrestlers right now currently. Um, has been since he came up, even, you know, on the main roster and stuff when they were underutilizing him. Um, so I'm really looking forward to that match. Um, is there any other matches that you're looking forward to take over? Oh, uh, I think those are really the four matches I've kind of been hearing about for takeover. Mm-hmm. I'm sure there'll be other ones, but I think those are really the, yeah, the main events for sure. I mean, and obviously we have that undisputed era championship match against the bros or weights. Um, yeah, that'll, that'll be, be funny. <laughs> I'll be okay. I don't think they're going to lose a tag team. I don't think so either. But maybe they do, though. I mean, with these vignettes and stuff, I mean, I don't see these things going on for the Undisputed Era. You know, Bobby Fish and Kyle O'Reilly, I feel like they've kind of already cemented their place in that as tag team champions to where now let's give it to these other guys. Fuck it. Let's give. It could also go well with that possibility I was talking about last week, I believe, where Undisputed Era will lose all their championships if Mm -hmm. Champa wins and the Broserweights win this week. And we have to see if Undisputed Era can claw their way back and yeah. regain them or just kind of fade away and be very much disputed. Yeah, <laughs> very disputed. <laughs> um, yeah, there was one other match I was looking forward to. I mean, obviously, there's a couple other things going on on that. But um, Keith Lee and Dominic uh, Dij- Dijakovic. Dijakovic, yeah. I can't pronounce some of these fucking names, dude. <laughs> and, and I wonder where they come up with these names, too. Like, I wonder if... Vince or Triple H is just sitting there with like some sort of foreign name generator <laughs> and like they're going with a Dojovic or whatever. Um, that one's going to be sick for the sole fact that these are two of the biggest guys in NXT right now. I think the two biggest guys in NXT right now and their 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 movements in the ring like they're both they're both high flyers, you know, fucking um Dominic is what like six seven or something like that, uh, and yeah. he's flying around the ropes and stuff. And then Keith Lee, Keith Lee's like uh, what three hundred pounds or something like, and these guys are just flying around effortlessly, like like cruiserweights, you know. So I think that match is gonna be sick. A cruiserweight match with some giants, I'm all for it. All right, and uh, just looked up Dominic Djokovic's actual name is Christopher Dijic. Okay. So it's just based on his name. Okay, cool. It's added a little bit more to it because just Dijic is a little too yeah. short. For sure. All right, that makes sense. Awesome. Um, so yeah, I'm really looking forward to Absolutely. NXT tomorrow. I think it's gonna be I think it's gonna be a barn burner. It and always is. This has been a week of surprises as well, with Rio losing the AW championship to Nyla Rose. Yes. Oh my god. I I said it last week. I want Nyla Rose to do big things and 
she's got that title. Um, yeah, yeah. I, I think it's going to be cool. It's I not, don't think she'll keep it for long. Yeah, it'll be a short run for sure. Yeah. Um, honestly, not really much about Nyla Rose really excites me, but that was an amazing match. I Yeah, I think I said it to you the other day, too, that this was this was probably one of the best women matches I've seen yeah. on AEW TV. Like, it was just everywhere. It was good, and Riho looked awesome. You oh, know? absolutely, and the way she was taking those hits from Nyla Rose, I yeah. didn't... Like, how do you keep going after a Death Valley driver from mm-hmm. Nyla Rose? Yeah. We, and we were we were even talking about that before, about how, you know, we've, we've watched those matches. We've seen those two tie up before. We've yeah. seen them do things in the ring together. But this made all of that look like trash because this Absolutely. was just so good, you know. So that was that was pretty impressive. Um, what did you what did you think about AEW? I mean, obviously, you liked the, liked yeah. the episode. Um, it was... I really can't think of anything I didn't like about the episode. Mm-hmm. They did a great job at the opening with the tag team match, mm-hmm. um, building from that into the Dark Order spot, mm-hmm. and even promoting the was it tag team battle royal next week. Yeah, yep. that'll be really interesting to see. I, I'm curious to see how they're going to do that. Is it like if one person gets eliminated, both the both people are out? Or? Usually, usually that's the case in a tag team battle royal. Is, yeah, yeah. But if one person's eliminated, they're both eliminated. Uh, it kind of helps create a lot of tension between teammates Definitely. too, which is pretty nice. But so that was a great job of selling that up, mm-hmm. building it up. Really, we had some excellent matches just throughout the card. I really liked Dusty Ro- or Dustin Rhodes versus Sammy Guevara, mm-hmm. especially building up to that Jake Hager, Jake match. Hager match. Yeah, really building kind of motivation for that. And I like that this time, even though the match was kind of a rehash of their previous match, mm-hmm. this time you still had Jake Hager trying to interfere, but it, Dustin didn't let it get to him, and he still got the pin. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean. So with this, the one thing I guess that bothers me with Jake Hager is that they keep bringing up his MMA career. Yeah. He's undefeated. He's had two matches. Yeah. Like that's that's hardly uh, something you want to boast about. You know, well, that's kind of like what. Sorry, why I kind of like what Dustin was saying, like that his MMA career is failing. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, he has two wins, but. That's just two matches, and he's been doing it for, what, like six months now? Yeah. I think even longer, yeah. Yeah, because they were talking about that even before AEW started. Yeah, I mean, as soon as he left uh, WWE, uh, I think he took a little bit of time off to train, and then he started doing that. And then I started seeing the Jake Hager uh, MMA matches coming up or whatever, and then, yeah, and then AEW came around, he popped up, and I was like, oh. So that MMA career is not working. Yeah, <laughs> not working absolutely. out very well. <laughs> but, yeah, that was cool. Um, what else did you like from that episode? Uh, let's see. Trying to remember what else was going on with that one. Uh, we had another great pack promo. Oh, yeah. I really love Pac's promo style. Mm-hmm. Um, just the pure simpleness of it. Mm-hmm. We had a similar promo from... One of your favorites, Darby Allen. Yeah. And I like that he was parodying Sammy Guevara's yes. stick during the picture-in-picture uh, picture yeah. with the like, <laughs> cue cards. and. Did you oh, did, did you see that Adam? Uh, Adam, did you see that Sammy Guevara has a shirt out now that says, hit me up, and it's like, it's like <laughs> a stained glass window, right? Because he's like the 
Spanish sex god or whatever. Yeah, so it's yeah. like a stained glass window with him holding a sign that says "Hit me up," and he's got like sunglasses. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, those shirts! Those shirts are gonna be flying off the shelves. Oh, absolutely! Like <laughs> I want to buy every single AEW shirt that's coming out. I haven't bought in a WWE shirt in maybe a year. Honestly, it's been a long time. I've usually just been going through like the pro wrestling stuff, you know, pro wrestling crate and pro wrestling tees and all that. So yeah, I I want to get some more AEW shirts. Yeah, <laughs> for sure. I've already got three. I'm wearing one of them now. Yeah, there's inner, inner circle, circle one shot shirt. <laughs> what can I say? It's laundry day. Yeah. <laughs> now, probably the thing most over with me this week, or at least it would be if I hadn't watched Kenny Omega versus Kazuchika Okada. Yeah. Is actually Britt Baker. Yeah. Last week I was saying, you know, I kind of like where she's going, but it hasn't really gotten me yet. Like, mm-hmm. I like the idea, just not sold on her. But this week, I think she knocked it out of the park. She cut an amazing promo that was really exactly what I needed to get behind her. I sort of felt like she listened to our podcast and was like, oh, they're right. <laughs> no. But, but yeah, no, it was a, it was a good promo. She's, yeah. she's definitely getting better, um, and it's definitely drawing me in a little bit more. Yeah. You know? She knows now how to work with the crowd, how to really make it kind of personal with that comment on Whataburger. <laughs> the other, um, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That was funny. Yeah. I forgot about that. <laughs> Let's see. She got had that. She really sold into the dentist thing with uh, her comments about her opponent last week. And she was helping her by removing an abscess tooth because clearly she doesn't have insurance with all these homeless people we have wandering into the AEW rings. (laughs) And then and then like just all the medical terms that she was using in it. Like I was like, this is dumb. But it's also fucking awesome. It like, also perfect because they've been going over a lot, just saying, "Yeah, she's actually a dentist. Yeah, she put herself through dental school. She has a determination to do that." Yeah, this was a very good way of showing that same thing without mm. just saying she's a dentist. Yeah, it's <laughs> just having her be a dentist. And I, I gotta say, I really loved when she was talking to Tony Schiavone. She was like, "Oh, you know, you're doing great, Tony. You're doing great." Yeah. Like and patting him on the back and everything, like <laughs> so smug. Yeah. And she, I love the heels that don't view themselves as heels. Yeah, like she thinks she's a role model. Yeah, and that she's the greatest, and everyone loves her. And she's yeah. just completely delusional. Oh yeah, for sure. No, that's that makes the best kind of heel. The heel that is like, I'm not a bad guy. I'm a fucking bad guy. <laughs> you yeah. know what I mean? But yeah, the no. other big thing I feel from the show, and this also kind of ties into news because it wasn't really officially on the show. Mm-hmm. Um, the Nightmare Collective is basically dead at this point. Yeah, and and we talked about that last week too about yeah. them writing off uh, Awesome Kong and all of that, and then you know they they brought. They brought uh, Brandy out this week, and she was just like completely normal, like everything yeah. was fine, and. You know, to to a degree, like that's cool. I I'm glad she came out, and I, I was kind of annoyed with like her sitting there talking to Excalibur and being like, I know we had our differences, you know, but I hope we can get past that. And I'm like, bitch, that was two weeks ago. Like, you know, <laughs> like I, th- none of us have forgotten about that. You yeah. know what I mean? Give us some time to forget about that before you start talking about it. You know what I mean? Because then it just like, then it just took away from everything that they were doing with the nightmare collective like now now that's fucking dead it's gone it is but i think it wasn't really working and they recognized that 
Um, Brandy was talking about it, I think, on an interview with Wrestling Observer mm-hmm. um, this week. And they listened to the fans, and the fans just decided it's not working. Mm-hmm. Uh, the people working on it decided this really isn't a good fit. So they killed it. Yeah, and that's and that's the first time that they've done that in AEW, at least yeah. as far as I can think of. You know, just just completely killing it and ending it, and it's it's done now. It's forget about it. That didn't happen, kind of thing. Yeah, I feel the Nightmare Collective wasn't too tied into what was going on in the larger AEW mm-hmm. space, so I feel it works out. Yeah, more so than with like the Dark Order, where they were really incorporating a lot of different characters mm-hmm. into this. But the Dark Order, I feel, is also getting to the point where it's kind of working yeah they've got their thing going on it's a little bit silly but still taken seriously Mm -hmm. there's they're building up the tension for the reveal of the exalted one yeah which i'm not sure if it's matt hardy i know he's got a match on monday He's got a match yeah. against Randy Orton. Like, I know it's probably just a I thought a they wrote him off match. this week, but it, maybe that's what they're doing next week. They're like, Randy Orton will really take him out. Yeah. I To me, I felt like a Hail Mary, right? They they wrote him off a of TV, and then they, everyone noticed and was like, oh, oh, he's done. He's he's saying yeah. goodbye, and they're like, shit, we got to we gotta put him in one more match. We got him for a couple more weeks. Let's, you know. Well, the thing is, the Dark Order is really building up to an imminent reveal of the Exalted One. Mm-hmm. WWE generally has non-compete clauses for the wrestlers for a few months after their contract 90 ends. days, yeah. So if that's the case, then it can't really be Matt Hardy. Yeah. Because he won't have. you'd have to be waiting three more months after one of his contract ends, mm-hmm. which I think is later this month, but yeah. I don't know for sure. Yeah. So that might not work. He might be able to get away with it because maybe his contract didn't have that 90-day mm-hmm. thing because he owns his own character and all that. Yeah. But I'm kind of not too sure about that one. Yeah. I, and plus, then you're looking at a minimum of nine weeks before he comes back. You know, yeah. minimum of like nine episodes that we're waiting to see who this exalted one is. We've already waited like, yeah. what, like six episodes. And they've really been amping it up lately. Yeah. So that I, that, I agree with that. I, I think that maybe Matt Hardy isn't the exalted one, though. I think it would be cool if it was. Yeah. <laughs> You know, speaking of contracts coming up here, um, Ooh, yeah, well, we got a we got a couple of WWE guys that are just refusing to sign. You know, we've got the uh, the revival, um, Dash Wilder and Scott Dawson. Uh, from what I hear, they they were offered that that five uh, that five year contract for a lot of money <laughs> that they've been throwing at people that they don't want to leave the yeah. company, and. You know, at this point, they're so fed up with their their position on the card that they're like, nah, nope, sorry, it's not going to work. I think the big sell for those five-year contracts from the WWE side of things is that they really want to secure those wrestlers past Mm -hmm. the point where AEW can effectively steal them. Yeah. Um, So that way they've kind of like burned out. Not necessarily that they've burned out, but that five years from now, AEW will either have burned itself out. And yeah. no longer be an issue, or it will have moved up regardless of what they get from WWE. Mm-hmm. I think that WWE is just trying to keep their wrestlers out of AEW's hands through that period. Yeah. And hoping that AEW can crash and burn. Mm-hmm. 
But I think a lot of the wrestlers see, you know, the grass is greener on the other side. Yeah. Uh, the Revival, I feel, with their very straightforward wrestling approach, mm-hmm. could do great things in AEW. Oh, I think they'd be awesome. I, I would say, I would love to see them. You know, obviously, there's them and the Bucks. That's that's the dream match that we're all hoping to see eventually in an AEW ring. But I'm even looking at other other people like like can you imagine their matches against like SCU? Yeah, those would be insane. Can well, you imagine SCU even exists at that point? Right. But and then there's even stuff like the, the revival versus the Lucha Bros. Like that could be yeah. insane. That 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 contrast of high flying luchadors and and you know. Uh, pentagon with it just that crazy charisma and that crazy crazy wwe has the lucha house party jake yeah they do and they're not doing anything with them dude it sucks i don't know if you've like uh, i've actually never seen them in the ring yeah oh man um i can tell you from experience from seeing that uh the cruiserweight classic a couple years back when grand metalik and lince dorado were in there like they were they were some of my favorites. I mean, I yeah. think even Grand Metalik was in the final with uh, with TJP, TJ Perkins, okay. for that for that title. And it was oh man, that match was insane. Like it was, it, they're crazy. Like uh, so, Grand Metalik is like the king of the ropes, right? He's like he everything he does can be done off the ropes from him, and he and he does it. He utilizes the ropes. You know, impressive. You could say the same about uh, Ray Phoenix, but. It's sort of a little. He uses he uses it to his advantage a little bit more. Yeah, you know what I mean, which is pretty interesting. I'm not running across it like Ray Phoenix is all the time, but um, but yeah, I feel like they they are kind of underutilized, and I never got behind the Lucha House Party. I mean, I've never been a big yeah. Kalisto fan. I've always watched that guy, and I've never really he never did it for me, you know. But um, speaking of, you know, back to the back to the contract yeah, stuff. Who you else know, is expiring? Um, well, so, uh, this brings me to Jeff Cobb, right? Yeah. Jeff Cobb just, uh, just appeared with AEW. Now, notably from what I've heard, he has not signed with AEW. That's he what I was going to say. He's still a free agent. That's what I was going to say. He's a free agent. So this could, this could be the start. I mean, he's resting, wrestled in New Japan, Ring of Honor. Lucha um, Underground. Lucha Underground. Countless other promotions. He can, you know, I kind of like the idea of him being sort of an ambassador for these other ones. Like, yeah, I hope he is just a hired gun for a short period of time where he comes in, beats the shit out of some dudes that Chris Jericho doesn't like. And then, you know, that opens the door for maybe some other working relationships, especially with like Ring of Honor. You know, they could really use the help. (laughs) Yeah, especially with their more creative side being taken over now mm-hmm. by a figure very friendly to the elite. Yeah. I really hope that they can segue that into a working relationship. Yeah. I mean, it makes sense. It's sh- the only possible hitch is if the ring of honor execs just feel too burned by the elite dumping them to start their own company. Yeah. Which it kind of seems has happened with new Japan. Yeah. Where they specifically left open in their contracts with AW that, Kenny and the Young Bucks and Cody and all them could still work with New Japan because mm-hmm. they still want to. Yeah. But New Japan just hasn't asked them to do anything. They just yeah. haven't wanted to work with them. Yeah. I mean, and which which kind of is kind of a bummer. 
I mean, yeah. the, you know, I I can see why they wouldn't if they have their own show here in the states where they they can see go home to their families every weekend. You know, like of course that's probably what they're gonna want to do. But but New Japan also is doing U.S. shows now. Yeah. Yeah, I mean they're doing a few UF, uh, U.S. Yeah. shows. They're not like they're not basing anything here. You know what I mean? It's not yeah. a it's not I a promising gig. Yeah, for sure. And and once it happens, I think then then we might see a little bit more of those crossovers. But um, shit, I don't blame them. Like yeah. I, said, I don't blame them for not doing it. It's it's also competition. Exactly. That's what that's what all of this is. That's what yeah. all these shows are. Is they're all competing with each other for tv space for you know and and i think i saw um, this was something i heard in a podcast with uh chris jericho and vince mcmahon uh, uh, not vince mcmahon vince russo um okay. vince russo obviously he's vince russo he's very old school very stuck in his ways very um classic wrestling guy you know yeah. he, he doesn't think a lot of this stuff works anymore but he made a statement on that podcast talking about how you know yeah AEW is doing big things yeah WWE is still big you know all these wrestling companies are gaining some traction they're getting people in but at the same time they're really trying to appease a very small niche group yeah. of people you know at this point wrestling is not what it was in the 90s as far as its popularity right yeah so that the fact that like all of these these guys are you know in all these different promotions are really trying to get their product over they're really only getting it over for a small group of people they're not they're not doing anything that's bringing more people in aw i think is probably a good uh example of a promotion trying to bring more people yeah. in, trying to get more eyes on the product. I feel AEW is in a good position for that. Mm-hmm. They're great for people like me that used to watch wrestling, are interested in watching it again, but want to you know get into something they can understand, something fresh. Yeah, you don't want to you don't want to feel like you're just watching a soap opera. Exactly. You know what I mean, it's it's wrestling for wrestling fans um you know but at the same time like i said you know that that that's what i what kind of sucks about the whole the whole wars thing is that yeah you're doing awesome stuff that we like yeah. but i you got to do stuff that other people are going to like people that don't watch wrestling and like i said i think aw is doing a good job of starting that getting that ball rolling i yeah. don't know that it's necessarily there yet but it's still really early in there in their tenure that I think, you know, that's down the road, but, um, yeah. I think you're also these days really missing the wrestlers that have that star power to bring people in. Mm-hmm. You don't have, you know, well, people like the rock and stone cold that like when I was a kid, like everyone knew those people. Yeah. Everyone, even the ones that didn't watch wrestling. Mm-hmm. Like, oh yeah. I love the rock. Yeah. You don't have that anymore. You don't have those real performers mm-hmm. I mean, on either side. Yeah, and even with uh, even with Stone uh, not Stone Cold, you were just talking about Stone Cold, uh, with Hulk Hogan. Yeah. Um, I saw that, I think it was this week, that the uh, the Hulk Hogan was on WWE talking about the uh, NWO being inducted into the Hall of Fame. Yeah. Uh, which, awesome. Like, I'm so stoked they're doing that. I, from my understanding, though, it's only going to be uh, Hogan, Nash, and Hall that are getting inducted as the NWO. Okay. Um, I don't think that Eric Bischoff is going to be in it, even though <laughs> he's the reason that that's yeah. a thing. <laughs> you know, I think that's a, a little bit of a snub, but a reasonable snub. 
Um, but so Hogan was on TV talking about the induction of NWO, and I believe Bray Wyatt uh, interrupted that. And he even had, like, a little picture of the Hulkster, like, classic (laughs) Hulkster with, like, the eyes crossed out like he did with everybody else. And the fiend targeting Hulk Hogan. Why? What the fuck, man? What the fuck? (laughs) Like, I love it. But who in WWE looked at that and said... Yeah, yeah, I feel like we can really push that ahead. That's going to get some eyes. Yeah, like, <laughs> let's build this, yeah. Yeah. Although it, it could work, you know, it could work. Obviously, if they're doing anything with this, it's going to be to get Bray Wyatt over some more. Yeah, Maybe... I think it can definitely work. It's just kind of a ballsy move to throw one of your, like, greatest wrestlers ever into the fiend yeah and clearly just have him be destroyed yeah exactly i think i think they could have accomplished that um with undertaker first right undertaker and the fiend that's something i want to see you know oh absolutely and if they were to start with undertaker is the one that puts the fiend down for good Undertaker won't be the one that puts the fiend down. I I feel like I feel like the goal with the fiend is to make him the next Undertaker. Yeah, that's kind of how I've been feeling. Oh, a little bit of a mix between Undertaker and Kane. Yeah, where he's got that ruthless aggression of Kane, but the unstoppable nature of mm-hmm. the Undertaker. Yeah, and I think that's that's where that's going. And I, I like I said, I think they could have accomplished that a little better with. Going with uh, Bray Wyatt versus Taker, yeah, um, and then moving on to Hulk Hogan, right? Because if you say if you put those two in a match and you say, well, uh, Bray Wyatt has already beat the Undertaker at a WrestleMania, yeah. then Hulk Hogan coming in, you know, that's that's bringing in those people that are like, oh fuck, I haven't watched this in twenty five years. Hulk Hogan's wrestling again. Who's this guy that he's wrestling? Yeah, oh, he's wrestling someone that's beat the undertaker like it to me it makes sense yeah that'd be a good build as far as a build but we'll see it, i doubt it's leading towards an uh a match with hogan and bray wyatt at at least at uh at wrestlemania i just don't think yeah. that's going to happen um and i know undertaker is i actually saw a rumor you know there was the rumor of him and sting um, yeah. sounds like the plans have been changed with that, or maybe they never really were there. It was just a rumor that went around because the new rumor is AJ Styles and Undertaker. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I'm, I'm a little skeptical on that one. Yeah. Well, I mean, talk to me. Why? Why do you think that? Why are you skeptical on that? It just feels like a odd matchup for some reason to me. Like AJ Styles has never really felt like the type that goes up against those brutes and the bruisers. Mm-hmm. And I feel at this point in Undertaker's career, it's going to be very difficult for him to look good going up against someone that fast and mm-hmm. that talented. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. But also, and, and I agree with that. I totally agree with that. I think it's a weird matchup. I don't know that it's something that I ever told myself. Undertaker and Styles, like, yeah, I got to totally. see that match, you know? I don't think I've ever told myself that. But. Um, on the other side of that, you know, you look at, if you look at how Undertaker performs in the ring, even now, you know, he's a little slower, he's a little whatever. And then you look at AJ Styles' moves, right? His crazy moves really don't require a lot of work from the other, the opponent. You know what I mean? You look at the, uh, what is the phenomenal forearm where he jumps off the ropes? Taker's just got to stand there. 
But could you imagine Taker taking a Styles Clash? That's the, that was the one. That's the one move that I was yeah. like, I don't know that that's gonna work. But I mean, he doesn't have to. He doesn't have to hit him with the Styles Clash. He can get him with the yeah. Calf Crusher. Yeah. Right, that would be cool—a calf crusher, and then Taker turns it into a Hell's Gate or something like that. Like, I think that would be cool. Okay, yeah, um, yeah. And really, I mean, I'm also looking at it through AJ Styles' eyes, right? Like, I'm sure AJ Styles, just like every other wrestler, has sit there and been like, "I want to be in the yeah. ring with Undertaker." This is probably his last opportunity, especially since he just got injured and he's going to be coming back soon. Like. AJ Styles' days are numbered, you know, yeah. as good as he is, his days are numbered. He's he's getting to that point where, you know, and I think he even said so when he signed his most recent contract with the WWE that he wanted this to be his last contract. Like this was this is the this is the nest egg. This yeah. is the one he's going to retire from. You know, so this might be his last opportunity to get in the ring and and work work taker, you know, and like I said just as I'm thinking about it, a lot of his moves don't seem like they would be other than obviously the styles clash other than that move i think every other move could be okay. uh, performed and 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 look good in some way without you know too much strain on taker um and yeah, it could work and he's small enough for taker to be able to manhandle you know yeah um I mean, i'm still at the point where if there's an undertaker match i'm going to want to watch it yeah. So I'm gonna see it either way. Yeah. It might be good. Yeah. I'd say it probably will be good. Mm-hmm. I don't think it's gonna be as great as I want it to be. No. No, it won't. But like I said, I that was a weird one that I had seen in the rumors this week and a little bit even last week. Just AJ Styles is coming back, looking at Taker to be the 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 uh, WrestleMania match. Yeah. For Taker and for Styles, I guess. You know, like I said, I'm not too excited about it, but I can see some good coming from it. So, um, all right, yeah. What else you got? Well, this week I did watch the first of the three Kenny Omega versus Kazuchika Okada matches. Nice. And before we before we dive too far into them, now that you've seen Okada in action, what do you think of him? I don't even know what to say. Like, I wrote like a full page of notes. There's a 47 minute long match. Everything about him is just so smooth and Mm -hmm. seems effortless. But he's also able to do these huge things, like huge throws and, ooh man, like, and this match is like a decade ago. So, you know, I haven't seen him recently. Mm -hmm. I'm definitely planning on it though. Yeah. But it really makes me wonder, like, he and Kenny are both some, like two of the best wrestlers in the world. Mm-hmm. And I wonder if Kenny Omega will ever have a match like that in AEW. I, it's just so hard yeah. to find someone that can match that kind of talent that smoothly for such a long time. And that's the problem that I'm facing here in my head is, like, I can't think of a wrestler on the AEW roster right now that compares to Okada like Okada really is just incredible in the ring like that's why he's been at the top of the mountain for fucking the last 10 years you know 
But uh, anyway, yeah, I, I just I was excited to hear that you had seen Okada. I've, I'm a huge Okada fan. I really like the guy. I really like watching him. So to I wanted to hear kind of what your thoughts were before we went into this incredible match, this five-star match that happened. So uh, what, 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 what stood out from that match? So a couple things. First off, length. It was like 47 minutes long mm-hmm. or so. Way longer than I think any wrestling match I've seen before. Yeah. Outside of like Royal Rumbles and mm-hmm. any like Solos match. Iron Man matches. Yeah. Yeah. Now, this one wasn't an Iron Man match or a first to five match or anything like that. It was mm-hmm. just a simple first uh, one fall match. Mm-hmm. I don't know the time limit, but mm-hmm. long enough apparently, probably an hour. Yeah, it's probably like an hour time limit. Yeah. Now, a couple of. Com- uh, kind of things I noticed are more observations between Japanese wrestling and American wrestling because I haven't really seen a lot of Japanese wrestling in the mm-hmm. past. Their style is something very unique, especially because in this case, Kenny's opening was him showing up, like teleporting in like the Terminator, mm-hmm. um, murdering a man for his clothes, <laughs> which I've never seen a wrestler in America murder another human being in cold blood as part of their entrance video. Yeah. <laughs> and then he shows up and well, really his like in ring entrance is very similar to what it is in AW, except he's actually carrying a gun. Mm-hmm. I mean, fake gun, I'm sure, but yeah, that's kind of an interesting thing that he doesn't do in AW probably because it would up the rating on television. Yeah. <laughs> then the other stylistic differences are, it feels like the cameras, even this is a Wrestle Kingdom match, which, as I recall, is the big wrestling event in Japan. Yeah, that's that's it's bigger than WrestleMania. Yeah, that's Japan's WrestleMania, and, and it seats more than WrestleMania yeah. at that. And it's two days long, mm-hmm. usually. Yeah. And even with that huge event, the cameras feel much more closer and involved in the action. Mm. And I think it also has to do a lot with the audio work. Mm-hmm. It The Audio seems to come more from the cameras. You can hear the wrestlers in the ring more. You can hear them talking to each other, mm-hmm. which, unless they're shouting in America, you really can't. Yeah. And that, combined with the very energetic Japanese crowd for this match, was a really interesting experience. Yeah. Because they're not typically like that yeah. excited. Like That's the cool thing about Japanese wrestling, and one of the things that I've always liked about it is that they sit there and they're watching. They're invested. They're like... Yeah. They're watching this match unfold, and then when the big spots happen, that's when they pop. You know, until those spots, they're sitting there with, like, you know, on the edge of their seat, just watching and and, and just seeing everything that's happening. And you don't get that. You get people screaming here in the United States, which I think kind of goes towards that audio thing you were talking about, right? We have a hard camera in the crowd that you hear the crowd, you know, and there with that, their hard, hard camera, the crowd's not always screaming and yeah. stuff. So it, it makes it easier to hear those things. But anyway, can continue. Um, other than that, really, it was just the pacing of it was very different. Mm-hmm. It starts off very deliberately paced. You know, it kind of starts off like an AEW match where mm-hmm. there's usually a bit of chain wrestling back and forth. Um, moves are very slow and exaggerated almost, mm-hmm. but then it slowly builds up and then it kind of goes through really interesting waves where it'll build up significantly and then it'll climax and then die down for a minute. And then you'll have like a little bit of chain wrestling again, 
and then it'll just explode into action. Mm. And maybe that's just really the dynamic between Kenny and Okada. Yeah. It's crazy. This, like, if I recall, this is the first time they'd wrestled against each other. Yeah, I believe so. I mean, and they just did um, so well, like, yeah, without having a ton of experience with each other. I think, I think this was like the first time one on one. Yeah. Um, a lot of a lot of Japan, uh, New Japan matches when they're building up towards like a one on one match will have them wrestling each other very. Uh, limited yeah. in different types of you know eight man tags okay. or stuff like that. So they'll usually and I think with that one too, I think they even did a thing where it was like they had a bunch of dudes from uh, Chaos, uh, which is his um, his uh, Okada's Okada's stable, stable okay. right? A uh, bunch of guys from there versus a bunch of guys in the club Bullet Club, okay. you know, with with uh, Kenny Omega. Um, but yeah, so they they do do that a lot where they'll have them in the ring with each other. But I believe I'm pretty sure this was the first time that they had gone one on one in in a ring like that. So yeah, um, yeah. Overall, just incredibly smooth between both of them. There was good humor within the match, even mm-hmm. though it was a very serious match in tone. Mm-hmm. Uh, I remember there's one point when Kenny's on the ropes and ref separates them. Okada's like backing away. And then it looks like he's going to, like, dive back in and, like, belt Kenny. And then he just, like, pats him on the back. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. And that kind of respect is really something that you only get out of Japan. Mm -hmm. Um, The Young Bucks for this were on ringside. And they were very deliberate that even though the Bullet Club are heels Mm -hmm. at this point. Yeah. Whereas in, you know, AW these days, Young Bucks are super over as faces. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Yeah, even though they're heels... When the action gets close to them outside the ring, they're very deliberate about backing up and making sure mm-hmm. they aren't touching anyone or making it look like they could be interfering in any way. Mm-hmm. So that kind of honor and respect for the match is very different. Mm-hmm. I don't think you'd be able to get away with something like the Inner Circle in Japan. Oh, no. Well, I mean... You could. You yeah, could, but I mean... Different. Yeah. You don't see, like... You wouldn't see Chris Jericho go to, like, throw a jab and then, like pat a guy on well you would see that i guess pat yeah. him on the head and be like <laughs> idiot but you wouldn't be seeing like quite as much of the referee distraction and then interference from jake hager's yeah. knocking someone out outside the ring yeah yeah exactly then it even feels like their barricades are meaner yeah like those things are just look like solid steel rails mm-hmm. compared to in the u.s pretty much all the promos have like drapes over the rail so you can't really see the rail you can't mm-hmm. really tell like eh, it's it's a gimmick rail or something yeah. yeah i mean i don't think all of them are but it, you can't yeah. really tell whereas here's a solid steel for yeah. the most part even their tables like even their tables yeah. the tables seem a lot more solid yeah they seem more real than the uh than the the ones in you know american wrestling yeah those ones are there was, obviously gimmicked. In These this ones match, like there was it. one spot where Kenny uh, puts a table on Okada outside the uh, ring and uh, does a running jump onto the table, and yes. his foot goes through the table yeah. into Okada's stomach. Yes. Oh, fuck. I remember that. that can't, that's coming back now. <laughs> oh, man. Um, but the way they sell in this match is something else as well. And it feels like the cells are so violent that if. Like, it legitimately makes me think that the moves are just, they're just hitting each other harder with them. Yeah. To contribute to the cell. Yeah. 
Like uh, there was a DDT that Okada hit Kenny with, and he slid across the ring on his head. Yeah. And like, you can't. There's no way Kenny propelled himself <laughs> that far. <like> yeah. That. <laughs> um, now that said, even though it was an amazing match, up until like thirty something minutes into it, I was thinking, well, I mean, this is a really good match. I don't know if I'd say it's like the best I've ever seen or anything. Mm-hmm. But then the last seven or eight minutes or so, it just exploded. Yeah. Uh, Kenny hit a Snapdragon suplex from the top rope, which was terrifying. The acrobatics just went, they notched up to 11. Mm-hmm. They started hitting each other like crazy. Tombstone pile drivers from Okada, which kind of reminds me, I don't think we've really seen tombstone pile drivers in AEW yet. No, not really, no. Which is interesting. I think I don't think uh, so. He even had like a rotating tombstone pile driver mm-hmm. where he grabbed him, like did a one eighty in air while dropping him. Uh, and then at the end, it kind of just devolved into a slugfest between the two of them. Yeah. Until Kenny threw, a, I believe he managed to get a uh, like a snapdragon suplex off, followed by a V trigger, but then uh, Okada managed to turn it around and him with like three rainmakers in a row and that finally put him down but just everything about the last eight minutes i just could not take my eyes off of it for a second or i'd miss something crucial yeah and after 35 minutes 39 minutes of a match that was already pretty brutal and grueling they still had the energy to just explode into that finale yeah i don't know how they do it Dude, and they're just insane. Like it's it's crazy just the pacing of those matches and how they can come to, you know, and and obviously once that that build up started to happen towards the end, that yeah. last couple of couple of minutes there, like you knew that this was the big payoff. Yeah. This was this was what you were waiting for, and it didn't it didn't take away from any bit of what they were doing. Exactly. You know, they were they were still going to fucking town on each other, but it was like okay this is coming. I know this is coming. Like I know this is coming. And and it just had you on the edge of your seat, you know, as if you weren't already there for the last fucking 40 minutes, (laughs) you know, that last couple of minutes. No one's yeah, for sure. It's crazy to me that of their three matches, this is the least of them. Yeah. We call it the least of the match because it's one of the best matches of all time. Yeah. But the other two get better from here. Mm hmm. Yeah, no, it's insane. Like when I I remember when I had first seen that match, I was like, there's no way they can get any better. Yeah. And then the second match happened and I was like, there's no way this could be any better. Like, have you watched the second one yet? No. Like I want to, but I'm kind of forcing myself to delay a little bit. Uh maybe give it a couple of weeks before I move on to the second one. Yeah. I'm thinking for my homework this week, I'm going to go with Shawn Michaels versus Undertaker. Ooh. The uh, Shawn Michaels retirement match. Yeah. Well, should it be that one or the one from the WrestleMania the year before? So I've heard they're both very good. Uh, retirement. Yeah, retirement match? Yeah. Okay. Retirement is the one where I think where uh, Shawn Michaels comes out in all white and gold yeah. and stuff. Yeah, right. Yeah, that's the one. That okay. one's good. You have to watch that one. All right, that's what I'll do this week. Um, but watching – so there's a question of if Kenny will ever have a match like that in AEW. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if he will, 
but it does get me pretty excited for the Iron Man match against Pac. Yeah. I feel if anyone can have a match similar to that, it's going to be Pac. I was just going to say that. I was like, if anybody is is in that caliber, in that arena of talent like that, yeah. I think I think it's Pac. Um, it, I'm and really looking forward to that Doing that as a 30-minute Iron Man match is a brilliant idea. It also will slowly start to get American crowds used to longer matches. Mm-hmm. Um, which we're not right now. And Kenny has said in the past that part of what he wants to do with AEW is bring in some of those Japanese ideas wrestling to an American audience Mm -hmm. and build that up. Yeah, That's where he's getting these intergender matches and why he's pushing for that. Mm -hmm. Uh, I think that's why he's pushing for a 30-minute Iron Man match, Mm -hmm. which I suspect is going to come down to both of them being tied at the very end, Mm -hmm. Pac having Kenny in like that torture rack excruciate or whatever you called it yeah and it's going to come down to whether or not kenny can just sustain himself and last through that long enough for the match to end Mm -hmm. um and i think it could end on a tie i think i think it's gonna end in a tie yeah i don't think anyone's coming out of that match a winner like i think that's i think they're both coming out winning and it's gonna lead to the next round the next match you know what i mean maybe maybe that's what they're going for maybe they're looking for those big long series of matches that is just insane to watch you know kind of like the okada and stuff like that and throw into that if they can convince the uh execs at tnt or whatever or maybe even do it on pay-per-view throw in a mixed match of nyla rose and pack versus riho and kenny yeah because kenny and pack have stuff going on nyla rose and riho have stuff going on Mm-hmm. Clearly, the two teams already have connections with their teammates in that scenario. Mm-hmm. I think it's kind of a natural progression for them at this point. Book at AEW, book at TNT, <laughs> Tony Khan. But uh, I think before they do that, uh, Hangman and Kenny are going to have to lose the tag team titles. Yeah, which will probably be a revolution. Yeah, I, I think so. I think I think that's more of a, and I, and I'm pretty sure I said it before too that I think that them being the tag team champions is. All to help build Adam Page. Yeah, uh, I I have no doubts in my mind that Adam Page is gonna be one of one of if not their top guy for an extended period of time. Yeah, you know what I mean. And I think the the trick is to build him up in a way that um, proves that he deserves to be in that spot. Because yeah. I I personally think he deserves to be there, and yeah. I I've seen enough out of him to to know that he can he can handle that. He can take that on. And I, I think this is really just to get that ball rolling to get other people to see that. And that's why I've been seeing him across the elite mm-hmm. in AEW, is that they are existing almost purely to put other people over. Yeah, um, we have Cody working to put Pack and Hangman over. Mm-hmm. Um, you have, well, the. Young Bucks putting every other tag team over. They yeah. haven't really had a great winning record. No. They, they haven't won the titles. They lost in the first round of the tag team tournament to Private Party, mm-hmm. who we haven't seen in a while now that I think about it. It's been like at least three, four weeks. I wonder if they're going to be at the uh, tag team battle royal. I think I saw them on there. Yeah. I'm pretty sure I okay. saw it. They'd have That'll to be. be. I mean, that, that battle royal had a lot of teams on there. And, yeah. I, you know, as many teams as they have, I don't think that they have a lot of room to not include them in that yeah you know um, okay i think we've got that um they've been putting that over even cody putting over as funny as it sounds 
Cody put over Jericho mm-hmm. for the championship. Yeah. He's with his feud with MJF, he's putting MJF over in a big way. Mm-hmm. Even if he beats MJF in their match at Revolution, MJF is still going to come out the winner as far as yeah. his story goes. Yeah. You know, he's and we we talked about this too. He's he's on a whole nother level. Yeah. Like MJF is just he's so good at what he does. I mean, even that uh who did he fight this week? He had a match with um who was it? Oh man. I can't even remember. But he like he yeah. it was insane. And like even even though he's cheating and he's doing the the ring, you know, to who was that? Who did he hit? Now oh, I'm at uh, Jungle Boy. Jungle Boy. There we yeah. go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um I I just I'm 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 bought in. I'm yeah. I'm all a MJF. I want to see what that guy does. So they've all been doing an excellent job putting other people over. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's what I kind of love about them. They started this company to put wrestling over as a mm-hmm. whole and build up these wrestlers and make something really special mm-hmm. rather than just serving their own interests. Yeah, yeah, and it's and they're doing it with dudes and with well, I guess and females that really don't have that name coming yeah. in you know what i mean you can in, in in wwe a lot of these guys have their name when they come in so when you know when aj styles debuts at at a, a royal rumble people lose their fucking yeah. shit you know when ricochet comes out people lose their shit when you know any of these guys these huge names that come over from you know from all these other places like keller cross he just signed with them yeah when he comes out he everyone's gonna lose their mind when matt riddle came out everybody lost their mind bobby Roode, everybody yeah. lost their mind you know it, and and aw usually doesn't have that benefit and yeah AEW doesn't get that they have they have chris jericho chris jericho is yeah. the name that some people know <laughs> you know, like even John Moxley, people don't know the name John Moxley. They know Dean Ambrose. Mm-hmm. Um, Cody can't use the name Cody Rhodes. Yeah. Yeah. Event, occasionally they do bring in people like um, Jeff Cobb that mm-hmm. have somewhat of a following, you know, especially if you watch the indie scene. But they aren't as big names as what WWE is yeah. bringing in. Yeah, exactly. That's not that's not going to be headline news on the well, it will be on the AEW website. It'll be headline yeah. news, but it doesn't bring have the same effect as like I said the AJ Styles coming in. Yeah. You know what I mean? Um people knew people knew who Jeff Cobb was when he came out at the end of the last episode, mostly due to the fact that he was brought up and they had the vignette uh, yeah. earlier in the episode. I think if they hadn't have done that and they hadn't have brought that up, then when Jeff Cobb comes out, there would have been a lot of people scratching their heads. Who is this? You know, Kind of like when the Butcher and the Blade came out. Exactly. Except just their entrance was enough that like, as soon as they came up for the ring, you knew what those people were about. Yeah. You know, like, oh, these are, these are like assassins. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And uh, Butcher and the Blade. I love them. I can't wait to see those guys as, champs later on down the road um cool uh one of the other things i wanted to talk about uh before the end of this episode is i wanted to talk about the um the hall of fame inductees right so so a lot of that has been announced at least three of them have been announced um we're looking at dave batista is is being put in the okay um hall of fame i Personally, I mean, I know... I think he's being put in the Hall of Fame more for what he's done outside the ring. Yeah, I mean, it, exactly. He's yeah. he's like the, you know, 
B-grade John Cena for <laughs> <laughs> movies, you know, even though he, obviously he's good, he's a good actor. He's yeah. been in a lot of good stuff. Um, but I don't know that one, that one I was kind of like, ah, I don't know about that. At least not yet. You know, I, I, yeah. when I did watch him, wasn't a huge fan. You know, he just didn't really do it. He's just a big, tough guy. Maybe it was the, uh, sun tattoo around his belly button. That I was just like, what are you doing, dude? Like, what the fuck is this? But just wasn't wasn't big on him. Um, and then obviously, like I said earlier, we got the NWO being inducted. Um, long overdue. Should have happened yeah. years ago. But it's happening now. That's cool. I'm excited about it. Uh, one of the surprising ones for me, um, which sort of isn't a surprise, but it was a big surprise to me. Uh, Jushin Thunder Liger, right? Really? Yeah. He just retired, right? He just retired after, what, like 30 years yeah. in the ring, 30-plus years of just being out there and absolutely killing it. He's being inducted into the set, into the Hall of Fame this year. Um, Was he ever actually signed with WWE, or did he just make guest appearances? He so Okay, so he was in WCW, right? He okay. was one of those, when WCW had that working relationship with All Japan Wrestling, they would bring all those guys over, him and... Great Muda and all those guys. And um, so he, he had some ties with WCW at that time. He was running a lot of, you know, shows with them. Um, and then I, bl- I want to say, like, somewhere n- near the beginning of NXT, uh, he came out and he had a couple of matches in yeah. NXT. I, I think it was like maybe two matches. Okay. Uh, the biggest of which was with Tyler Breeze uh, for the for the championship or something like that i I think it was an nxt champion match um great match really good like really fun to watch uh true to character for for uh, jushin thunder liger um and then after that match that was it he left wwe so i think it's more of a what recognition of him as a whole exactly okay um, but it's just it surprised me because like like I said the, he doesn't have a huge working relationship yeah. with uh, WWE aside from that quick stint in NXT. Um, though I think it's fucking awesome that they're that they're doing that. I mean last year they put Bruiser Brody in. I mean it wasn't like a whole induction thing like they did with you know the Hart Foundation where he comes out people come out and do a big speech. Yeah. It was more of just like. These are the people that are in there. And Bruiser Brody, I don't think he's ever been in WWF. He might have been. I know they had a classic superstars uh, Jax figure of him, but that's the only one that they ever did, and that was like uh, late 90s, early 2000s or something like that. Um, I just had an interesting thought. Hmm. Is Chris Jericho in the WWE Hall of Fame? No. Okay. What about Matt Hardy? No. Ah. If either of them got inducted, which I don't think, I don't think Jericho will now that he's with AW. I think he will. I I think at a certain point, once he's left AEW, once yeah. his time is up, they would be crazy to not put him in there. You know. But it's interesting because if eventually AEW will probably have their own Hall of Fame, mm. and Chris Jericho could be the first person inducted into both the WWE and AEW Hall of Fame. That'd be that'd be insane. That would be cool. I'm behind that. Yeah. <laughs> Alternately, could happen to Matt Hardy. Yeah, yeah. If he comes over to AW and yeah. excels. Well, and I and I can guarantee 
that at a certain point the Hardy Boys are going to be inducted into the Hall of Fame. Yeah. And when they're inducted, I guarantee it's either going to be the Dudleys that induct them or Edge and Christian yeah. that induct them. Um, because they they have to be in that Hall of Fame. Like that's and that's the one thing about the Hall of Fame that's always uh, been awesome to me is yeah. that regardless of that working relationship later on down the road and how well that happened or how well that ended, I guess I should say, they will still put those dudes in like, because that's what we want to see. That's what the fans want to see. That's what they deserve. Okay. You know, um, the only one that'll never happen that I think should happen is eh, maybe I don't think it should happen, but I think it's should be at least talked about. It should be considered uh, Chris Benoit. I think, yeah, you know, I understand how touchy it is <laughs> to put um, a, a murder-suicide guy in there. Yeah. But if you look at it, and, and this is and this is my argument for it, and this has been my argument for it, is we're putting wrestlers in for their in-ring ring work. Yeah. For the things that they've done for the wrestling business, in the wrestling business, and basically we're putting their characters in. You know, it's similar to the argument with like directors and stuff of separating the artist from the art. Exactly. Yes. So to me, I think everything that he's done, everything that he did, every just from from his, you know, New Japan days to his ECW, to his WCW, to WWE eventually, I think that man deserves to be in there. Um, But. Obviously, okay. the that whole separation of, you know. Yeah, if WWE really just kind of cut him out mm-hmm. as much as they could. Yeah, I I understand it. I yeah. I think it's a little unfair, but I think it's also fair. <laughs> <laughs> it's hard to be on that, you know, because it's like I I think he should be in there. Yeah, uh, he's not going to be reasonably so, but I don't know. It'd be okay. cool. Uh, and then his son is actually trying to get in. I don't know if he's trying to get into w, uh, WWE or whatever, but he tried to trademark Chris Benoit yeah. as his own name to go by Chris Benoit. And he's which, playing wrestling in his father's old gear and everything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, I think that could that could be a tough thing for him to do. You know, what yeah. I mean, especially with the stigma behind Chris Benoit already to use his gear to use his name. I think that's just. <laughs> I think that's setting himself up for failure. I, yeah, but um, I think he recognizes that. But at the same time, he's trying to do his best to kind of reshape his father's memory. Yeah, and turn it around at least a little bit. Raise awareness of what happened. Even yeah, yeah, of course. Because um, mental health should always be something that people are thinking of Absolutely. you know what i mean and, and it's something that i think people should be aware of and be understanding of and be a little more visible um but yeah uh so yeah i wanted to talk about that uh did you have anything else that you wanted to go over today um well last thing was i did watch another match this week from japan actually right after the okada and kenny omega match was uh john moxley versus is uh minoru suzuki yes and I've never actually seen a full Minoru Suzuki match. Mm. Uh, I saw that like Royal Rumble or Battle Royal or whatever match with where he was just dominating everyone and ended up getting beat by Riho. 
But this is the first time I've really seen him solo in a match. Mm-hmm. And that man is terrifying. He is. Just his everything about his mannerisms and the way he moves and takes hits. I think he got thrown over the top rope through a table by Moxley. And then he started laughing. Yeah. <laughs> He's a maniac. Yeah. That's the only way to describe him. He's a fucking maniac. And he is the perfect match for John Moxley, who is also a maniac. Yeah. Uh, after he got thrown through the table, he picked up half the table and started bashing it against his own head. <laughs> and then Moxley did the exact same thing to him. Oh, I can't always watch that match. I'm. I'm. That's waiting. your homework for this week. I will watch it this week. I'm probably going to watch it as soon as you take off today. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Then uh, maybe we'll talk about it next week All right. in a bit more detail. Um, well, yeah. the last thing that I wanted to talk about today was um, it's actually an anniversary today. Really? Right. Uh, so February 16th, 2004, the pay-per-view is No Way Out. Do you know what I'm going? What, what happened on this date? No Way Out. No. So, the biggest upset in probably WWE history. This is uh, Brock Lesnar, who is the undisputed world heavyweight champion. Yeah. Versus Eddie Guerrero. Ooh. Eddie Guerrero won his first and only world title in WWE 16 years today. Against Brock Lesnar. Against Brock Lesnar. That match, Brock Lesnar was winning. That was... That was everybody had decided like there's no way Eddie Guerrero could could beat him. But what did Eddie Guerrero do? He lied. He cheated. He stealed. And he fucking he beat him. He got that title. Uh, as you know, I'm a huge Eddie Guerrero Eddie fan. Guerrero yeah. fan. Yeah. I, I love that man. Um, and you know when I saw that today was the anniversary, I was like, I got to talk about it. I got to mention it just because I remember that match. That was one of the last things. Like that was near uh, when I had just decided. Like I, all right, I'm checking out of wrestling for now. Yeah. You know, um, that was one of the last things that popped up um, after I had stopped watching it. I saw Eddie Guerrero beat Brock Lesnar. Uh, or he had a match against Brock Lesnar for the pay-per-view, and I remember even getting that pay-per-view. Um, mind you, I've been away. I'd been away from wrestling yeah. for about a year or two at that point. So when I heard that, I was like, I have to, I have to check it. this yeah. out. Yeah, I'm not disappointed at all. If you get a chance to, I suggest going back and looking at it and watching the vignettes and all that stuff, preparing for that match, and just see how this was all. Brock okay. Lesnar's win, like yeah. this was his match. He was just this was Eddie Guerrero was just another uh, another part of the story. But it should have just been a squash. Match. Exactly, yeah. it wasn't. But yeah, and you know it's it's also cited. Uh, I, I know that Bailey and Sasha Banks have talked about being at this match, right? Being in that because um, I think it was in San Jose. Yeah, and I think that's and that's where uh, Bailey is from. And she said this was the match that changed everything for her this is where she was like i'm gonna be a wrestler like i'm gonna go full force because of eddie guerrero winning this match and how the odds were stacked against him he came in and won it you know and even sasha banks she's cited eddie guerrero as her favorite wrestler of all time she's both of these women have come out in eddie guerrero gear you know like like at least eddie guerrero themed gear you know um but yeah i remember i remember hearing that from 
from Bailey that this was this was she was at this match she was in the crowd yeah and I, if I'm not mistaken maybe she did maybe she didn't um, but I pretty sure she said she just started like crying because she was just like this is amazing and I have to do this <laughs> um, but yeah so the 16 year anniversary of Eddie Guerrero um, very cool just beating the shit out of <laughs> out of uh, Brock Lesnar and taking that title so. I yeah. didn't even realize Brock Lesnar has been wrestling for over 16 years. Oh, yeah. He started in what, like, oh, I don't know when he started. He was in uh, New Japan for a while, too. Yeah. Um, but he and um, guys like Randy Orton, guys like... Uh, I knew Randy Orton had been around a long time. Yeah, they all they all came up in that OVW uh, back in the yeah. day when it had just when they had just purchased OVW as their um, one of their developmental categories. one of their developmentals, um, that's where these guys came from. The Miz, the Miz came from that. Okay. Um, who else? There's a bunch of there's a bunch of them. I think our Truth was in that involved in that somehow. But these were all like these are all guys that are revered as veterans now. Yeah, they started all at the same time. And John Cena, John Cena came out of that too. So John Cena, yeah. Randy Orton, Brock Lesnar. These guys have been affiliated with each other since they started in WWE because they all came from the same thing. Yeah. So, um, but yeah, and I, I, I want to say that was like 2002, 2001, something like that when they made their appearances and stuff like that. But yeah. All right. But, uh, but yeah, cool. Um, well, I think that's it for episode two of the Getting Rest Over Wrestling pod. It's been fun. Yeah. Um, I'm ready for episode three. We're probably not going to keep calling them episode two, episode three, you know, because eventually we're going to get to like 87 episodes and we're not going to open it with like, Ooh, welcome <laughs> to the 87th episode. That's we're just, cute. You, you think we're going to be doing this for 87 well, weeks in a row. <laughs> you never know. Uh, you never know. But uh, at the same time, like I said, you know, it, it is really fun. I, I, I like having these conversations with you. I like when we get to sit and talk wrestling um that's the nicest thing anyone's ever said about me jake oh i'm sorry <laughs> i'm sorry that had to come from me then <laughs> um but awesome well that's uh that's a wrap on episode two um like i said make sure you check us out on our social media pages we got the uh facebook at getting over wrestling pod we are on spotify now we are dropping episodes tuesdays and wednesdays hopefully everything works out fine with that eventually you'll find us on the apple podcast um should be able to just search getting over wrestling pod we have our instagram uh getting um underscore over underscore wrestling pod i remembered it uh (laughs) is the instagram we'll be uploading stuff on there uh videos things news articles and stuff like that thank you to all of our new followers thank you to all of our new new listeners um we'll see you all next week sound good sound good all right hasta la pasta